minimum $60 pledge, and you get a signed copy uh, by Chris Hedges himself by uh, going to kboo.fm and click on Donate or text KBO, KBOO to 44321. Thank you so much, Chris Hedges. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for doing it. All right, and we got to go. Thanks, everybody who's contributed and who will contribute. We really appreciate it. You're listening to KBOO Portland's 90.7 FM. The time is 8.58 a.m. Next up is Fight the Empire. Monday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held.
Thank you for being here. And away we go. You're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM. We're going to bring back uh, Paul, who was on our last show. He's going to fill in for Pear for Fight the Empire for the last last half hour. Here's Paul. Paul. Thanks for uh, thanks for that, Ty. Uh, I was on my way out the door 
maybe that's Pear calling in now. We uh, we were waiting for Pear Fagrin to call in to do his show, Fight the Empire. But uh, something happened. We don't know what it is. That's community radio for you. Maybe not his best side all the time, but uh, we are... We uh, sometimes have glitches. So yeah, I'm uh, Paul Rowland. I just did Wednesday Talk Radio, talking with Chris Hedges about his book, The Greatest Evil is War. And uh, we had a caller at the end, Harry, who didn't get on. Maybe he's still listening. Maybe you were listening to the show and would like to uh, give your two cents. I also, uh, some things I kind of was interested in reading from the book... And again, uh, this book, uh, The Greatest Evil is War, by Chris Hedges, is, uh, actually just had someone call in. Mary just called in out at the front desk, which I happened to pick up, and uh, wanted a copy of the book. So uh, you can get your copy of the book as well. You can actually call 503-231-8187 and give your information to tie our board operator is one way to do it. Or you can go to kboo.fm slash give, or you can text KBOO to 44321. So you've got an extra 20 minutes with me, Paul Roland. And uh, so, yeah, give me a call. I do want to do a couple readings here. Um, I just want to kind of continue on this. Uh, this uh, I, I read a, a paragraph from this uh, section, The Pimps of War, which was just wonderful. Actually, instead, I want to read, as I, we wait for this first caller to come on, um, I want to read this part about U.S. sanctions, which I think is just really wonderful. So here, here we go. This is from uh, Worthy and Unworthy Victims. It is impossible to hold those responsible for war crimes accountable if worthy victims are deserving of justice and unworthy victims are not. If Russia should be crippled with sanctions for invading Ukraine, which I believe it should, the United States should have been crippled with sanctions for invading Iraq, a war launched based on lies and fabricated evidence. Imagine if America's largest banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibank, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo, I might add, Wells Fargo just got hit with another multi-billion dollar fine for its terrible, terrible financial practices. Anyway, imagine if America's largest banks were cut off from the international banking system. Imagine if our oligarchs, Jeff Bezos, Jamie Dimon, Bill Gates, and Elon Musk, as venal as Russian oligarchs, had their assets frozen in estates and luxury yachts seized. Bezos's yacht is the largest in the world, costs an estimated $500 million, and is about 57 feet longer than a football field. Imagine if leading political figures such as George W. Bush and Dick Cheney and U.S. oligarchs were blocked from traveling under visa restrictions. Imagine if the world's biggest shipping lines suspended shipments to and from the United States. Imagine if U.S. international media news outlets were forced off the air. Imagine if we were blocked from purchasing spare parts for our commercial airlines and our passenger jets were banned from European airspace. 
Imagine if our athletes were barred from hosting or participating in international sporting events. Think of the World Cup. Imagine if our symphony conductors and opera stars were forbidden from performing unless they denounced the Iraq War and, in a kind of perverted loyalty oath, condemned George W. Bush. Powerful stuff from our guest, Chris Hedges, who we could have had on for another half hour if he was willing, but uh, that's okay. Um, so it looks like we got a caller. Go ahead. Who are you and what do you want to talk about? Oh, hello. This is Marcos, and I wanted to speak uh, to the Ukraine situation. Okay. Uh, particularly to aspects of the war that are uh, either gaslit, uh, not covered, or, or misreported entirely. Uh, the, the most obvious thing that's not reported is the situation in eastern Ukraine, uh, which in some ways you could say actually was a trigger to the Russian invasion. The uh, conflict in the Donbass area between the Ukrainian army and, and the people of uh, Donetsk and Lugansk who are attempting to def defend themselves against uh, military units uh, which have been attacking them for the last eight years. There was a major mobilization uh, just prior to uh, February 24th, where something like over 60,000 Ukrainian troops were massing to attack Donetsk and Lugansk. And some people say that that was a trigger for the Russian invasion, the Im imminent attack and possibly massacre of Russian-speaking pe people. Uh, the fact that Ukraine is somewhat of a divided country ethnically, that there are people who are identified with Russia historically, speak the Russian language, they have been under attack for the last eight years. Uh, 14,000 of them killed in, in eastern Ukraine. The war in eastern Ukraine is completely the dark side of the moon for the American audience. The fact that there's constant shelling virtually every day, usually with NATO supplied equipment at this point, um, People there are constantly getting uh, hit with explosives, uh, which have been continuing over the last eight years. There has been coverage of this area. Uh, there's a, a, a Canadian reporter named Eva Bar Bartlett, sorry, who's been very courageously covering that area. Uh, there's also someone named Patrick Lancaster, an American veteran who speaks Russian, so it's very helpful. He's out there on his own with a, a GoPro. If these people were actually given a platform, American reporters, Canadian reporters, people that are actually covering the situation in eastern Ukraine, if they were, for example, uh, could work with Democracy Now!, if they could co-produce, or, or if in any way they could get any sort of larger coverage, the story of what's going on in Ukraine would, would take a very different angle. Of course, every you know everything that you say is just has changed dramatically since there's a even bigger open warfare, and of course there is just massive Russian bombardment going on that's just really changed the nature of of the situation there. So it's you know the time it seems like the time to have reported on the kind of stuff you're talking about, unfortunately may have passed although you know obviously the there's a, a you're bringing up that there's much more complicated uh, dynamics going on than than just as the simplistic russia right. invaded ukraine you got me, 
when you're saying that the time passed, there's constant shelling. There will be shelling today, uh, shelling of non-military areas, basically terror shelling of population centers in Donetsk and Lugansk. Uh, if, if Eve Bartlett actually had a voice, we would know this. We wouldn't, I wouldn't even having to be pressed the point that it's not, it's not a done deal. It's not over. It's a continuing problem. The second thing I w- would like to speak to is the Nazi problem, which has very much been tamped down. Uh, it's useful to talk about the Azov Battalion. Uh, they're very explicitly Nazi. They're, they're very high profile as Nazi. Uh, but in a way that's slightly misleading, uh, the real Nazi problem in Western Ukraine centers around a, a person named Stefan Bandera, who is a national hero to the Ukrainian nationalists, the people who were attacking the Russian-speaking people. Bandera was a Nazi. He was, he was a collaborator with German Nazis. He was deeply involved with the Holocaust. He was deeply involved with massacres of hundreds of thousands of Poles, or that's, I should say that his followers were. Uh, he's a national hero in Western Ukraine. Uh, uh, high government officials will have their pictures taken, will take selfies with a portrait of Bandera in the background. His name is chanted. There are statues of Bandera all over Kiev and, and Western Ukraine. Well, uh, you, that's the Nazi problem. Well, you know, the, and, it's, it's, there's, a, there's something that I, I'm not probably, I'm certainly not the best person to talk about this because the history is really complex. But, you know, you bring up a, a really interesting, um, I guess I want to address the, the issue of the, of the, of these many layers of complexities, um, to the, the situation in Ukraine. Um, I'll just briefly say, I've been reading a book called the black sea, which really goes in, goes back thousands of years. Actually, it's just a incredibly, incredibly complex area, that whole black sea region, you know, from the, the, the steppe nomad, so-called nomadic uh, peoples, um, uh, to the the Greeks, to anyway, it's a it's, and then you know Russia expanded there. You know the whole Russian presence is is really actually very fascinating. They have their own sort of mythologies of their claims to that region. Um, you know, it, it's really a well, book worth. But wait, wait, let me let me finish. But but you know then then you know the whole issue before the Nazis came in, and and one reason you know you could say why some people actually did collaborate with the Nazis was because you know the the Soviets did really terrible things in the Ukraine that actually you know created a a, a divided you know, people's loyalties were divided. They were kind of caught in the middle, basically. They were definitely well, caught in between the Nazis, the, the you know, the German Nazis and the Soviets. I feel a great urgency to clarify the situation because it's, it's, it's present and impending. And if you go back uh, millennia of, of history, for me, that just complicates things and doesn't make the present any more accessible. Yes, there is a complicated past. There's a complicated past in many places. The most useful complicated past is only uh, eight years old, and it goes back to 2014 when the United States engineered a coup d'etat imposing an extreme right-wing neo-Nazi government in Ukraine. Uh, and, and Well, even saying, even saying it's a neo-Nazi go- uh, government, Zelensky is not 
I, I cannot be called a neo-Nazi. I, I believe that... I, 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 Zelensky I, is a figurehead. Zelensky is... Right, but he's not a neo-Nazi. So the neo the neo Nazi so, the neo Nazis had a lot of they the, when the Maidan Maidan Square uprising happened there is the the, the uh, Medea Benjamin's book really goes into it really it, it's a really important book this is really you're right this the immediate history is the most important that the that the there is really strong um, paramilitary uh, neo fascist paramilitary forces that kind of ruled the Maidan. Which was and and then it ended up threatening Zelensky directly, Absolutely. right? I, it's all true, but I, I will take issue with your with your saying that to, to be completely dismissive of the deeper past because I think we have to understand all these intersecting forces of history. Well, at, at a later date, I'm sure, but we have less than a half an hour, and I'm sure I have much less than that. But to speak to to, to the concern you brought up, uh, Zelensky went to. Eastern Ukraine as his mandate. He was elected uh, on a mandate that he would make peace uh, with the the conflict that was going on there. Uh, There were the Minsk agreements that were signed, and Zelensky came in vowing to honor the Minsk agreement, which required a cessation of hostilities against the Russian-speaking people. When Zelensky went to Eastern Ukraine, he spoke to the Azovs, he spoke to the right-wing militias that were very much in the vanguard of attacking the people of eastern Ukraine, and he told them to stop it because there was a peace agreement with, that had been signed, the Minsk Accords, uh, with Russia, with, with the Ukrainian government, with the separatists, everybody on, on, on board, and that required peace. And the Azovs, the Nazis, the people that were in the vanguard of the fight, told Zelensky to go away, and he did, and then they threatened his life if he ever made a peace agreement with the Russians. So you can say that Zelensky is the government, but he's got a gun to his head, quite literally, by the Nazis. The Nazis do not have to have a numerical majority, uh, but they are in power just by the virtue of the fact that they're the most dangerous people in Ukraine. Fair enough. Well, thank you for calling. We do have a couple other callers. Um, it's, it's good to give people a little uh, extended ability to, to say their piece. I do want to thank uh, Jane, Steph- whoops. Jane, Stephanie, Miriam, and John um, for calling in in the last couple hours. Really appreciate your support. We are in our uh, end-of-the-year membership drive. I would be remiss if I did not remind you once again. It's oh so easy to support us by going to kboo.fm, clicking on Donate, or by uh, texting KBOO to 44321 on your mobile device. We are $26,000 on our way to $70,000, which is good, but we need to get all that way to $70,000 by the end of the year. That said, it looks like we've got uh, Mark up. Go ahead, you're on the air. Good morning. I uploaded two articles uh, this morning to IndieBay.org. Uh, one is titled uh, The Prince of Hell, uh, an article about Zelensky, and the other, uh, Peace in Ukraine is Possible by Jeffrey Sachs. Oh, yeah, he was on uh, Democracy Now! a few weeks ago, Was really gave yeah. an excellent overview of the, 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 the possible path. I think it was a four-step 
He gave a path to peace, the four different aspects of the Ukrainian uh, conflict that need to be resolved. If, if you can go to YouTube, you can uh, watch many incredible interviews with Jeffrey Sachs and uh, Scott Ritter, um, who is convinced that Russia is going to defeat the Ukraine and that uh, NATO will be humiliated. Uh, and so it, uh, it's very important to, to watch them, to, to hear these uh, alternative voices. To me, crises could be... Uh, a, a means of realigning, uh, reposition, repositioning ourselves from from uh, fantasy to reality. If uh, if, war, if war is always a, as war always has two losers. As, as Chris Hedges says, if people can listen, and he was very skeptical about the ability of the people who are continue to dominate the narrative on this, as in all the other conflicts that the United States has been involved yeah. in and uh but but yes I, I agree with you we need more we definitely need more people speaking up and we need to we need to crack you know i think kabu one of kabu's roles is to kind of push the envelope and you know i i don't know i, I don't want to be totally de- defeatist about the, the 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 our ability to do that because i i think maybe if we continue to uh, push on this maybe some of the you know maybe the local npr you know, maybe talk out loud might pick this up. Maybe some other local reporters, you know, maybe we can, and maybe that will push the debate. Who knows what can happen, but we definitely need to keep talking about it. So yeah, thank hope, you, Mark. Hope comes from, from the margins, not from the conventional narrative. So thank you, Paul. And thank you. Um, well, it looks like we got Elliot and then Boris, but uh, we only <laughs> now we have two minutes left. Go ahead, Elliot. You'll get your, your, your take. Well, uh, I just want to point out that there's an inherent limit. Oh, we lost Elliot. Uh, what's uh, I guess just go to Boris. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. Hi. I wanted to. Uh, hello. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to uh, invite Marcos to uh, call me. I want, we have a small group of activists who are trying to analyze what's going on in the world around us and i would like marcos to join us so could i leave my my phone number with the engineer so that he could call me uh yeah except he's going to be leaving right at 9 30 um uh uh uh, uh where is it? we need to div- we need some kind of a, a, a kind of bulletin board i've been wanting to do that for years um boris you can leave it with me and All right. uh, well people can you know people can go to well what if, if people are on facebook People can go to KBOO Wednesday Talk Radio on Facebook. I'm loath to use my Gmail address. I used to have a, a, a paulrkabu at gmail.com. I don't know if it's still actually active. but uh, well, I've, I've actually tried to communicate with you there and I've had not very good that luck. Was, that was years ago. It's been probably years since I've actually even looked at it. I, I kind of gave up easy, too easily. Um, but anyway, leave your, number, leave your number with Ty. I'm going to hang up now, and uh, Ty will take it down, and I'll have your number. Yeah. And then, if pe- Marcos, if you're still listening, please call Ty. Uh, you know, soon. Okay. Yeah, you can do that too. Maybe Ty will stay an extra couple minutes. Five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. I think that'll have to be uh, probably just about the end. Do we have anybody else on stack? Uh, looks like not. So yeah. Um. A last reminder. Thank you for 
four callers, uh, extra callers uh, for my extra half hour here on the air. Sorry for those of you who were expecting to hear Pythagorean. I don't know what happened. Hopefully we'll get that figured out. But uh, again, we are in our end of the year membership drive. Please support us. Oh, that's a terrible sound, but that's okay. Um, five uh, KBO.FM. Um, click on donate or text KBO to five four three two one. We've had a, a couple people call in the past uh, hour. You too can uh, call to support uh, talk radio here on KBO. Uh, thank you, Ty, for uh, operating the board. And uh, I guess we're going to go out with that. Thanks, everybody. professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me 